This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Transgender Point of View is an Australian news and current affair panel talk show. Airing weekly and hosted by Joy 94.9. Transgender people come from every region around the world, racial and ethnic backgrounds and faith communities. Chances are that you've met a transgender person, even if you don't know it. But there are still many misconceptions about trans people. And as a transgender person, there are a lot of questions asked of us every day. What's this about using they as a pronoun? Isn't letting a trans person use my bathroom dangerous? Do I refer to you as he, she, it or they? So what's your real name? Are you a drag queen? What's the difference between sex and gender and why does it matter so much? Did you have the operation? What is stealth? How does someone know they are transgender? Really random questions. Are you sure you're not just super gay? You must be a transvestite. What bathroom do you use? Will I be able to have sex? What does cis mean? This is Transgender Point of View on Joy 94.9. Now, here's Michelle. Good evening. You are listening to Transgender Point of View. Mama Mish here. I decided this week I was going to catch up with a friend of mine. Uh, my friend is Ro. Now, Ro is from ANZ, an old colleague of mine. I decided to catch up over a coffee. Uh, how are you going, Ro? I'm great. Now, Ro, I have actually been um, following along since I left a few months ago uh, to go do work on my project. But I tell you, you've really been doing a lot of work there at ANZ um, as part of the um, Pride Network there, which I which I thought I'd wanted to catch up with you and have a chat about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty busy with that. <laughs> I know. I noticed. <laughs> Keeps me busy. <laughs> so, bit of, bit, of, bit of background. All right. So, Ro Johnson is an analyst and uh, Pride lead over there at ANZ. Now, ANZ, so anyone is aware is the principal partner of the Sydney uh, Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras and has been a major sponsor and participant since 2007. Uh, ANZ has done all kinds of amazing and, and fascinating things and and I only have only left recently to work on my personal projects yeah. uh, but but a really great place I always love to come back and visit. Now you I, one of the things I love is bending a little bit of the gender and a bit of the just not keeping it too binary and I gotta ask you I saw some great photos of you in your recent role as the king of ANZ's Mardi Gras float, and I got to ask more about this. Yeah, it was um, pretty fun. It was a, actually it was a lot of fun, but yeah. it was a bit of a journey. Yep. And it was a it wasn't actually a secret, but it wasn't something we talked about very publicly. There was no secret that it was happening. And, yeah. Um, but it was. Obviously, we kind of kept it a secret because a lot of people were surprised. Um, but it was a bit of a journey for me. And I'm like you. I love just queering gender up a bit and, yeah. and kind of stuffing around with it a bit and going, hey, this binary is actually a load of rubbish. So let's actually <laughs> play with it. And, you know, as a as a trans woman, I'm a mostly binary trans woman, but I'm not a totally binary trans woman. And when we're feminine, um, we, we rock the feminine yeah, when we need to. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I identify as a woman, but also acknowledge the fact that gender is complex yeah and for me i'm like totally acknowledging of the fact that i'm absolutely a woman i absolutely identify as a woman but i have this aspect of me that is still a bit mask whether that's because of my socialization and history Mm -hmm. or whether that's innately what my gender is i think that's a really interesting and complex question 
and I don't think you can answer it. <laughs> it just is what it is. But, um, but I know that, that they've got their, there was their mascot was... Anzabella. Anzabella. Yeah. And so you went and did Anzabo. Yeah, that's right. We're, I had a bit of a, um, we had this bit of a kind of going, what are we going to call her? What are we going to call him? And I had this idea, you know, oh, if we go Anzabella, Anzabo, Bella and Bo, that kind of works pretty nicely. That's got a bit of a, we didn't actually go use that in any way, but I thought that was kind of a possibility. Um, that at some point we might talk about Bella and Bo and, yeah. and that, I thought that was pretty nice. What I think I love about it though is, so Anzabella is an, essentially a drag queen yeah. by a cis-presenting man within the workplace and you're a, dra- you're a trans woman who's yeah. playing this drag king kind of role. I just, I just absolutely was like... Oh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting, and, <laughs> and 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 in actual fact, Dave doesn't identify as cis, whilst he identifies as mask. He yeah. identifies as a non-binary man, and so you've actually got a drag queen and a drag king, neither of whom are cis. Yes, in their normal day day to day presenting. So it it's uh, I think it's I think it's magical because it just plays with the whole preconceptions of what a drag king is, what a drag queen is, and what gender is, and. Uh, I think it's, it dovetails really nicely for me in the fact that NZ has done a lot of work in particularly in the employment space for mm. trans people over a number of years and trying to push that out into the customer space with some success yeah. um, and with more work to do. So I think it it made sense that ANZ could do that with some authenticity. Oh, definitely. And look, their involvement in the Mardi Gras is is one of the many ways it demonstrates the importance it places on diversity and inclusion in the workplace anyway. And, you know, they... um, But you were actually participated in the Pride March on Oxford Street where you were the king of the float with Anzabella. Yeah. And um, tell me about the experience, what it was like actually doing that. Yeah, it was it was an interesting experience, and right up to the moment, I was like, "This is an interesting experience, dressing up mask." Mm. I haven't done this since I came out and <laughs> tr- and started presenting totally How many as years a woman, ago? like three years ago. Yeah, okay. So uh, it was like I haven't done this for a long time. What's it going to be like? But I feel like it was an Im- I felt like it was an important thing to do, and more importantly, something I wanted to do. Um, but whilst I wanted to do it, I wasn't sure how yeah i would react to that that reality um and it was fantastic and it was like i had the best fun of one of the it was one of the best nights of my life yeah. kind of thing um it really was a lot of fun but lining up behind the float waiting for the float to come i was like a bit of a oh shit kind of moment <laughs> like, who can i swear i'm not sure yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but, that's fine. but that was a bit of that oh crap kind of moment yeah. how's this going to be but then once I crossed over onto Oxford Street proper, it was just like the crowd, the music, the glitter, the balloons, the everything just took over and I was in my element and I just went with it. And everyone said oh, I did an amazing job. Yeah. So like, I don't really know what kind of a job I did because I was totally <laughs> in the moment and I was I like absolutely I was absolutely like I was out there revving up the crowd and you know that's kind of one of our jobs I was with you last year yeah. you know at Mardi Gras together mm. and I remember that you're running from the from you're doing your dancing gig and then it breaks and you, you're running mm. up to the crowd and you're and you're embracing everyone and having a laugh and a hug but why are you waiting around in, at ANZ's main building there in Sydney mm. there's that wait before you go out there and you pretty much makeup's mm. melting and and 
you could add that time to process and think. Yeah, so funny story with that this year. We had a bit of a makeup hiccup in getting ready. Oh, yeah? And uh, Dave and I were only just made it on time to the building. Uh, you know how we do the big photo on yes. the stairs? So we didn't get there until everyone was up there on the stairs for the photo. And um, we had um, some of the others ringing us. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? We're coming. We're coming. We're coming. We'll be there soon. <laughs> and I'm um, kind of delaying them and, um, you know, without going into details, there's a couple of issues that happened. Mm. And But it turned out amazingly because we kind of rocked around the corner and into the glass building. And there was this almighty roar from all the... Mm-hmm all the Mardi Gras marches lined up on the stairs and was like, oh my goodness. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, this is amazing. And um, we had a bit of trouble getting into the building because the a lot of the public try to come in and get photos of it because it looks amazing when you walk mm. past. So they have security and the security were trying to actually, tried to stop Dave and I getting through the door. And we're like, oh, where are you going? Where are you going? Oh, we're going in there. We're kind of, <laughs> that cheer, that's for us. <laughs> we're meant to be here. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was... So we didn't have that same, like I remember that last yeah. year. It seemed to go on forever and ever oh. waiting until it was time to walk up to the to Hyde Park. And then there was the waiting at Hyde Park. And yeah, so we didn't have any of that. And um, Dave was actually really thirsty and looking for water. We couldn't find any water anywhere in Hyde Park. So we actually ended up at the float a lot earlier. Yeah. And um, so we that was kind of probably our downtime of just... Mm being a little bit um just get your breath really yeah exactly yeah. and kind of mentally preparing here we go because it is very much you know you've got that role as the the mascot effectively for the yeah. float and um you know i think anz has always taken the approach that our march is about interacting with the crowd and we make sure we do that and so but people don't realize the amount of stuff that builds mm. up to build up to that, oh, especially yeah. the, the, all the waiting and then the, the repracticing of your dance mm. moves and then going from Hyde Park, then down and cramming all around the float. But as you're getting ready to take off and you hear the engines fire up and the music and, yeah. the, and, and the vibe that just plays and plays and sometimes bubbles and, and people smacking you with yeah. gr- you know, uh, yeah, was it glitter and everything. Yeah. And then as you're taking off into the crowd, you, you're just going to another headspace. Yeah, And the crowd love it. It's amazing. You think like, this crowd are they just embracing everyone in an in an amazing way i'm like i wish like last year was my first mardi gras and i'm like why did i wait so long to participate in this because it's just amazing but um yeah and just so phenomenal the way they that you would think you give someone a high five and you think you've done the best thing ever for them oh exactly and and i remember like i think it was me last year i went and remember kissing somebody on their bald forehead yeah you know just to just it was amazing. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And um, and and so you had that option to basically back out at any point you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, is... I did, I did, and that was that was really comforting knowing mm. that, and I felt confident in the fact that if it got to the day and I started putting on the outfit, putting on the makeup, doing the glitter beard, and I was like, oh shit, I can't do this. That that wouldn't have been an issue for anyone. Yeah, and it, that's always a worry. Yeah, exactly. Because, like I said, I haven't dressed masks since. Not deliberately mask. I mean, obviously, yeah. I have my jeans and t-shirt kind of days. Yeah. Um, slobbing around kind of days, but like we all do. But to actually deliberately present in a mask way, mm. that was the first time for a long time. Well, since transition, since I yeah. first started transitioning. So I just didn't know how I would respond to that emotionally and internally. So it was absolutely that aspect of just knowing that they had my back effectively. 
and that's and that's the best part about ANZ is yeah. is that you can speak up at any time if you need to, to have that conversation. Now, Ro, um, I'm I'm loving catching up and having yep. this conversation with you, but we do need to take a break. So you sure. are listening to Transgender Point of View. Mama Mishir will talk to you shortly. Welcome back. You are listening to Transgender Point of View. Like I said. I decided to go and have a, a catch up with a friend of mine, Ro Johnson from ANZ, a colleague I used to work with, um, talking all things uh, ANZ, ANZ Pride. Uh, Ro is actually an analyst and, and a Pride lead at the um, ANZ that I used to work with. Uh, thanks for catching up with me, Ro. It's, it's, it's so great. It's now, great. we were just talking a bit about your Mardi Gras this year, doing yeah. Anza Bow. Um, and look, uh, ANZ is is really an unbelievable place that I found when I was there. And, you know, they're, they're recognized as a gold-tier employer for LGBTIQ plus inclusion. Um, they've been, they were the employee of the year in 2017 and runner-up in 2018. Uh, and in Hong Kong and, and a rainbow ticket credit organization in New Zealand. Like, the, the list goes on to the things and the benchmarks that they're they're trying to focus on for inclusion. Um, how are you finding being part of a lead within that um, network itself? Yeah, it's a lot of work. We do like it's it's really busy. You know, there's lots of stuff to be done doing. One of the biggest challenges actually making choices around what are the things we're going to do because mm -hmm. you can't do everything. No, you can't do everything at once. And um, and alongside of that is we are looked at by other organizations as a leading organization in the space. Well, well, ANZ won the, was it the AWA inclusion, yeah. Pride diversity inclusion for t in 2017 yes, for uh, transgender um, issues. Yes. And now when I had left back uh, in around, it was October in, in ANZ, there was actually a transgender working group that, which was quite surprising to see separate from the actual Pride Network, which was very unique to many other organizations yeah. I've seen. So where where is ANZ's focus? Is that still around? Is that how is that going from here? Yeah, definitely. We have changed our structure a bit, so we don't run with the that same focus group models. So, but we still want to ensure that we're covering all parts of our community, whether that be the trans part of our community, the the L, the G, the B, the T, the I, the A. It's really important that we cover all of those. Mm. But what we have done is we've moved our work rather than being focused in particular areas all the time to be focused around the st streams of work mm -hmm. effectively. So we have a customer stream where we're focusing on, well, how are we being the best bank? What can we do to be a better bank for our LGBTIQ plus customers? Uh, how, will, how are we as a leading organization interacting with the community? So community is another stream. And then employee is our third stream, which is focused around a lot of the work that we have done in the past and continue to do mm -hmm. around making ANZ a great place to work as an LGBTI plus person. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And we do have a fourth stream, which is, we call geographies, mm -hmm. which is really just linking up all our different presences because we're a global organization. We have smaller pride networks connected. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're all part of the one pride network, but they do have a bit of autonomy in the way they operate. Yep. So just trying to connect to make sure we're all on the same page. And ANZ also um, focuses on many different things other, other than just LGBTIQ as well. So you're dealing with um, uh, everything from um, a women's network to, I believe you're also part of a, an autism working group as well? Yeah, I am. ANZ in 2017 began a what they call the Spectrum Program, which is an autism employment program. Uh, I happen to be autistic as well, mm -hmm. so, you know, in passionately interested and passionate about intersectionality 
it's just so important whenever we focus on one one area of minority or oppression mm-hmm. or disability or whatever we if we only focus on that one area we actually leave other areas behind so we need to be really clear that we work we're trying to work in a more holistic way with people so um, as an autistic employee I came into the organization I was contacted by someone to ask if I wanted to be involved mm-hmm. in, um, which has in me meant being part of a working group mm-hmm. um, just in the whole nuts and bolts of how do we make this happen yeah the program is a partnership with a technology company mm-hmm. so there's a lot of stuff already on the ground of that but it was how do we ANZ-ify this and how do we make it work within our situation. That program is now in its second year. So mm-hmm. they've just started just last month, their second intake of employees. Oh, wow. So they had, I think, nine the first intake and another mm-hmm. eight this intake. Brilliant. Um, which is, it's amazing because um, employment rates in the autism space, are they're actually the worst of any disability sector. Oh, wow. About the, the, the most recent figures I've seen were about... 30% of autistic people have employment uh, and that's not full-time employment. That's any employment. Yeah. So, yeah. so what I'm loving though is how uh, they create all these different groups, whether it's women's, again, like you just said, you know, with autism, um, supporting for programs like that. They're identifying that there's uh, higher unemployment rates in all these groups, whether it's transgender or whether it's autism. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the key around that is ANZ's global purpose and particularly the purpose within Pride is, you know, we have a purpose to shape a connector world where communities and people can be their authentic selves and thrive. So, Ro, can you give me a bit of history about the Pride Network itself, like how long it's been, et cetera? Yeah, sure. Pride's been around for about 13 years, Mm -hmm. started in 2007. It was uh, initially a bunch of people just coming together, I think mainly socially, but Mm -hmm. as that time's gone over the 13 years, it's become much more about, well, actually, how do we make the workplace better? What do we do to make diversity, inclusion and respect a real thing at ANZ? How do we make ANZ a safe haven for queer people to walk into? And it absolutely has become that. It's it's amazing. feel like I'm just a beneficiary of all that great work that's gone before me. You know, I've been at ANZ for a couple of years and, you know, not long after I joined ANZ, the the wonderful plebiscite happened. And um, I'm sure you remember it, but I can remember, you know, you'd read all the stuff, you know, you, sh- you knew you shouldn't read it, but you couldn't help but read it. And then, you you know, I used to, at that time, I would walk down from Southern Cross Station to the building and I can recall that feeling of walking to the building and feeling like this is my safe place. Mm. This is a place where I can be myself. Mm-hmm. I can actually, I can be myself. And, and because of the wonderful work of people, the people that have gone before for me over, over years, some people who are still there doing the work, some people have moved on in their careers doing other things. But that, that's the reality. You know, like during that campaign, I, I was literally attacked by a, a, a lady swinging her Bible at me, telling me I was a, an abomination and stuff like that. <laughs> and I, it was it was bizarre. Yeah. Michelle, look, to be honest, I was like, did that actually happen? Yes. I was walking down from Southern Cross going, did that actually happen? Did that actually happen? Did I imagine this? Am I just making things up? <laughs> but I remember walking in the door and going, I'm safe now. 
Yeah. I'm safe now. And it happened to be on a day when we had an exhibition in the foyer for Intersex Awareness Day. Okay. And so not only did I walk into my safe place, I walked in my safe place and there were rainbow flags up the escalators and this display and my people right there in the foyer. And I was like, oh, it was like a breath of relief. And, mm. and I think it's, Legitimately, we've seen all that work pay off in, you know, obviously we've won those awards through AY, but also we're listed on, we're the third most um, preferred company to work for on LinkedIn's yep. um, list of company preferred, I think it's preferred, the places where people want to work eff yeah, effectively. Exactly. And I think, and uh, you know, this is not meant to sound like an ad for ANZ. Yeah, That's absolutely. That's the whole point is. Because mm. I guess the hard part, that people understand is is what we see in the news and all the, all the media gets completely blown way out way out of proportion and everything. But we forget about the actual real people doing the real work. And you know places like A and Z they actually empower their people to do their best. Mm -hmm. And you know they aim to build a, a really positive culture where where talents and experience and perspectives all as people are just valued regardless of their gender, race, age, or, or sexual orientation. And that's, you know, the whole point of you being here and having this conversation with me. And, yeah. and you know, I felt more empowered when I worked there mm. to go even now doing what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I always love my connection back to ANZ from that. Yeah, I, you know, they talk about ANZ, ANZ people bleeding blue, you know, because, <laughs> but the reality is it is a great place to work. Oh, it's, yeah. it's not perfect. No, no organization's perfect, but it is a good place to work. It hasn't got all its ducks in a row with everything in terms of diversity inclusion, but it's working towards that. Yeah. And so things are getting better. You know, mm -hmm. as a as a trans person coming into ANZ, I'd been out of work since I'd started transitioning. Mm -hmm. It's like, am I ever going to find a place to work? And to be able to go into ANZ and, and be accepted and be able to be my authentic self, mm -hmm. to never have to have that conversation about actually have that conversation about who I was, what my history was. No one, it wasn't important. That no. wasn't important. It was your, your, your row. Well exactly. Done. Exactly. Now, Ro, again, we got to pay the bills. So I'm yep. going to take a break here. Thank Absolutely. you so much. I'm so much to, to chat about. Uh, you are listening to you. Mama Mish here. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back. You are listening to Transgender Point of View. Mama Mish here, joined by my friend Ro Johnson, who's come to have a chat with me, uh, who's an analyst in Pride Lead over at the ANZ and their Pride Network. Ro, um, I, I guess I want to know, I guess I want to share with people more about your transition story. I mean, I know a fair bit, yep. but there's still things I still don't know. You know, you have so much more to your story than than I do. And each each transgender person is almost like a fingerprint. They're just so different. Oh, absolutely. And I guess to start off with is is how how is ANZ Pride supporting employees in transitioning first off? Yeah, that's a really good question. The um the the process of support is very much it's been very well thought out and looked after in a way to develop a package of a package of support that supports the transitioning person, it supports their team members, supports their line management uh, to make that, you know, like if you're transitioning at work, that's a huge deal. Oh yeah. You've got logins, you've got all these things that have to be changed. You know, we have this, so we've the, over quite a period of time, the transgender focus group developed these um, support packages in order to transition a person. And that's whether someone's transitioning as a bi as a binary trans or whether it's a non-binary transition, uh, changing of pronouns, 
whether it's a full like I'm changing my name, I'm changing my my gender markers, I'm changing all that. There's a whole lot of process. Uh, as a transitioning process person, you have access to leave required. We don't have a specific transition leave mm-hmm. allotment, but we have negotiated in order to be able to access special leave and to access unpaid leave for however long that's required. And um, and one of the really nice things I think is that person can go and leave, everything gets changed in their systems and they come back and their logins are changed, everything's changed. Their team have engaged in some training with some, um, with some professional training about, you know, and they have that opportunity to ask all those questions yes. that you, they're too scared to ask the person. Yep. And, you know, like you said, all trans people are different. We're all different. And um, some of us are open to questions, you know, like I know that you and I are both the kind of persons like ask me whatever, I'm I'm up for the conversation. If I'm not up for it on that particular day, I'll let you know. But generally (laughs) I'm up for the conversation. Um, But we're not all like that. Some people aren't, aren't, they don't want to be asked those questions. They, for some, they just want to be stealth and never be known as being trans. Exactly. And so I think, but what I really like is that the packages are built in such a way that they can be tweaked and adjusted to suit the person Mm. now you and i both started when a and z like we already already started our transition and you had only been what about a year in yeah about a year in yeah and so uh, tell me a bit about your story leading up to that point uh, when you started yeah it was an it was interesting so i knew a couple of people at a and z so when i was um when i found out the role was available and started that process i kind of messaged a few friends to say how's this going to go um what am i what, am I going to have to have a conversation here? And they were like, oh, don't be ridiculous. It doesn't matter who you are, what your identity is. Yeah. They want to know who you are. They want to know what your skills are, what your, what your dreams are, what your passions are, what you can bring to the organization. Mm. Uh, and then they sent me articles. I think they might have sent me your story. Yeah. Um, and they sent me Corey's story and, and um, Peter's story from New Zealand. And I was like, oh, yeah, I really don't have to have the conversation. <laughs> um, and the the result of that was that I rocked up to my interview in a way that I knew I didn't have to have that conversation. Mm. And so I've never had that question of, do I, do I have to stop my transition and start pretending to be back what I was, which I know a lot of trans people have to have that situation. I've been there before. I, I, I had it because, cause, mm. you know, as... And we we love we call a spade a spade. So even yeah, though we're, we're she and her, it's we're we're, we're both dads who yep. worry about our, you know, what happens to our family, what happens to my partner, my now ex, my kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but having that ability to walk in, it, it's meant that I've been able to be successful, hmm. right? And I'm not doing that whole self editing, pre- and <laughs> we've all been there. Yeah, 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 we've all been there. And you know, that's the same for all all of the letters in our acronym. We've all, for different reasons, and, you know, whether it's because we're gay and we have to self-edit about partners, gender, and stuff like that because we're not sure whether it's safe or not. Um, you know, we've all been there. Um, but, you know, being able to be me, mm. it just made such a difference. I just, yeah. And and the thing is that you can think about where you were then, mm. and you are now, like, again, I complimented you on this earlier, like, yeah. to rock the short haircut as well. <laughs> now, I'm kind of jealous in some ways yeah. because it's warm in this room, and I get this long-ass hair that goes down <laughs> to my butt, and you just, it's just, yeah. yeah I'm a little, it, a little it's jealous. a bit cold, though. It's a bit cool <laughs> on, the, on the ears and the neck. But, yeah, like, that that's interesting, isn't it? Because, like, transition, go, I've got to grow my hair long because, oh, yeah. you know, like, because it, it's an aspect of the mask 
of putting on in order to present and perform our agenda. And I was like, oh, I was just got to the point where my hair was annoying me. It had this weird wave in it that it gets at this point. I'm like, everyone thinks it looks great. But for me, it was annoying as hell. Um, <laughs> and I was like, so I c- kind of cut it down to a bod, bob yeah. kind of to start with. And then I thought, oh, look, what the hell? Yeah. I'm just going to do it, you know, like. Well, it's, it's, it's that, if, that if, mask weighs down. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, look, if other lesbians can get the dyke haircuts, then so can <laughs> I. You know, like that was kind of where my thinking was. But I wasn't completely confident when I went into the um, barber to get it done. And oh, I've got to tell you, my barber is the best ever. Yeah. They're, um, they call themselves, can I, can I name them? They, yeah, yeah. They yeah. call themselves Captain Darling. Oh, I love it. And um, on their website, they say, we don't, we cut human hair. We don't cut men's hair. We don't cut women's hair. We cut human hair. See, that's brilliant. Yeah, and I was like, I read that. I'm like, I'm going there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally going there. But and I said to my barb, I, I said to them, them, look, I'm not, I think I want to go really short. What do you think? And they're like, I think it'll look good. Let's try. And they grabbed a couple of photos and, oh, let's do it. So yeah. so how many people have said to you, oh my God, are you detransitioning? And it's Oh, actually no one. Really? No one, yeah, which I'm kind of surprised about. I have found I get that, um, oh, mate, kind of thing a bit more often ah uh, but it's an Aussie thing I just I don't think yeah exactly you never know when it's when it's because they've coded you in a particular way or when it's just an Aussie greeting look be, being 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 an import I actually was freaked out the first time I actually heard a bunch of women calling each other oh mate you know what it's not it's an Australian thing yeah it's not a it's not a male thing so yeah don't don't stress about that. Absolutely. So so again, you know, here you are. You're you're a parent. You're a father. You you have you have children. Yep. So you you have two children that are on the autism spectrum. I as do. Well. Yeah. And so how how was that when you came to transitioning? Yeah. Look, I think my story is similar to many others in a lot of ways. In that there's always that focus around. Oh, how are the children going to cope? How are the children going to cope? My experience is they cope fine. Oh yeah, they bounce. They cope fine. The uh, why, the interesting thing was my youngest is very literal. I, you know, she's stereotypically autistically literal, and she's like, initially she's like, but 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 you've got this, and but 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 but, um, but within a few days she was fine. She was fine. She's like, well, I love you. Funny, give you any funny stories that you've had out and about with the kids? Probably the funniest. Yeah, look, I've had, and I know you've had ones like these where, you know, you go into the bathroom and just look, just call me by my first, by my first name, okay? <laughs> the women's bathroom's in a shopping center or something like that. And you just like, you literally are standing there going, oh, oh, let's hope that. <laughs> and they do, but you know, and they're pretty good. But, you know, sometimes it slips out or whatever. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. You get the whole, that's my dad. She's a girl, yeah. you know. But um, my youngest is really funny. She's really cute. She come, she sidles up next to me. Yeah. Says, you're beautiful. Oh, and um, like it, it, it's it, it melts your heart, but also it's I think it's a little bit of a I'm just acknowledging you. Yes, it's her little way of going, I'm just acknowledging you as who you are, and that's brilliant. Oh, yeah, it's really beautiful, and it's great because the, like, the, I think for me, you know, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing out there, what anybody else mm-hmm. thinks, it's it's when my kids are with me and how my kids address me and how my kids yeah. treat me and my relationship with them that the rest of the world could be on fire and I'll be like you know what I don't care yeah. I'm I'm I am just like a massive thing in their eyes and their world and that's all they care about yeah and yeah so, definitely 
So tell me about the first time you felt fully accepted as a woman during ANZ or before you during ANZ. I think um, one of the there was a few key moments I think and like you know that I can remember. I don't know about you, but I remember the first time walking down the street presenting as a woman, petrified because oh yeah, for, I remember know, going to the car the first time. Absolutely petrified and. Um, I had this experience, went to a local cafe, got a coffee and was the regular local cafe that I went to every day. And um, the waitress brought over my coffee and she just gave me this smile and I thought, oh, what's that? I think that's uh, a nice thing. Like I felt like yeah. it was a positive thing and then it happened a couple of times and I went over to her one day and I just said, oh, look, I just want to thank you for the way you responded to me. And she's like, well, well why would I respond any other way? You're just a human. So that was really cool. But I think probably the most, um, you go through that whole process of changing names and yeah. changing documents. And it's annoying, but you got to do it. Yeah. But um, actually, as a customer of ANZ, was, um, it w before I was an employee, I um, rocked into my local branch and sort of like, I need to change my documents. And I just had a really less than satisfying experience at, yeah. the, at um, my phone provider who had been, they wanted to ask me why I'd done it. Why were you transitioning? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, look, I don't need this conversation just, with you. I'm not having this conversation with you. I don't know you. I don't know you from whoever, you know, you could yeah. be anyone. But so I was a little bit out of sorts, but I had this determination. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get this done. <laughs> However it is, I'm just going to get this done. And, um, and I went in, sat down, took my number, got called up and said, oh, I just want to change my name uh, and my gender marker. Here's my documents. And they're like, oh, okay. Da -da 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 -da, sat there for 20 minutes or however long it took them to do all the, changing all the different systems. And, and it was just cool. It was just like, oh, wow, this is just done. done. And <laughs> But then having, you know, by then I, I had my license, I had my Medicare, I had all of those things now had the right name and the right gender on them. So it was... That I think having that body of information was probably a, a key moment of affirmation. Yeah. I, actually, it was funny. I was doing some cleaning up in my house this past week, and I found an old bank card with my old name oh. on it. I was like, that's really weird to see. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do need to take a break. Um, you are listening to Transgender Point of View. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back. You are listening to Transgender Point of View. Um, we have been speaking to uh, my lovely guest tonight, Ro Johnson from ANZ, who's an analyst and, and part of the Pride uh, Network there as a lead. Um, Ro, it, it's been really great catching up after a few months of not yeah. uh, you know, working together and, and trolling each other's Facebooks <laughs> and see what's going on. Like I said, I, I remember seeing the ends of both thing pop yeah. up and I'm like, oh, hello. Okay. You know, <laughs> um, but I guess tell me a little bit more about some of the things that um, ANZ are actually doing for the community beyond, say, the uh, Sydney and gay and, and Sydney gay, lesbian, Mardi Gras and all that as well. Yeah, that's a really good question because I think it's really easy to accuse the corporates of chasing the pink dollar. Yeah. And uh, look, I'm sure that's what some corporates are doing. Um, but what I know about ANZ is that there's a genuineness in that. Our, our connection with Mardi Gras came from our staff saying yep. we want to march and has grown. Mm-hmm. But uh, one last year for the first time, well, we were donated, I think it's $100,000 towards community grants. Oh, wow. Um, supporting the LGBTI community. Okay. It's the first time that's done. There was under the auspices of the Mardi Gras and us. It's called the 
the Sydney Gay Lesbian Mardi Gras Community Grants Program, okay. I think. So we supported a whole bunch of organisations. So it wasn't like we gave one organisation 100 grand. It was like there was a whole lot of Which grants. A bunch of little grants. Or, yeah, little grants. And yeah. So very gra- grassroots support. Okay. Of, of the community, which I think is really fantastic, and I think from a from that point of view of no, you know, as a staff member who's involved in Pride, you know that our involvement is genuine. You know, yeah. we know that that's genuine, but it's really easy to look in at the corporates and saying, "Oh, look, they put a rainbow on their logo. Whoopie do." Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, they've put money into Midsummer, or look, they've put money into to Mardi Gras. So what? What does it actually mean? Mm. But this is actually, hey, hey, yep, we put money into Mardi Gras. But, but here's something to put back into mm. some really grassroots things. And, uh, you know, like I know one of the grants went to and went to minus 18. And mm-hmm. um, so I can't think off the top of my head who the other recipients <laughs> are. But um, I think the last I saw when I went and Googled, I think it was about 18 different Yeah, something like that. That were done. Um, look, and, and people, you know, all people tend to, to realize when they think of ANZ when it comes to Pride is that, you know, just being the principal partner of the Sydney Gay and, and Lesbian Mardi Gras. And they've been that major sponsor for, for a number of years, you know, over 10 years now. Um, but they don't think of these things. No, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, and, you know, like <laughs> I live with uh, two young queer people who are pretty quick to be anti-corporate. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I like to think they might have learned something in living with me because, uh, you know, because I can talk about some of mm. the things that we're involved in and some of the things we're doing, whether that be internally or whether that be externally. Uh, and I think it's really easy within our community. You know, we have had issues with dealing mm. with organisations because of who we are. Yeah. We, we, we face discrimination. We still face discrimination in some oh. respects. So it's really easy to be critical. But I think we have to give organisations their credit when they... Yeah. Um, whether they're actually changing or whether they're looking at changing when they're on that journey. I think. I mean, we all have our own journeys, so it makes sense then that organisations also have their own journeys to improve yeah, and get and, better. And, you know, when when you think about, like, the recipients who can get part of this or things from, like, you know, education and training, community development, yeah. there's things like, um, you know, creative arts, the arts and culture, like, that's, you know, that's a lot of amazing things within the LGBT community yeah. um, that people don't associate our community with yeah absolutely and uh, last year we became ANZ actually became the first first major organization to sign the Darlington statement okay what is the which Darlington, is, statement? Darlington statement was a statement made by the intersex community about mm-hmm. their rights mm-hmm. uh, which they made about two years ago. they made the statement a couple of years ago and then about a year ago they made a, a an ability for, for organizations to to sign mm-hmm. and affirm the statement so we um, had to go through a process of well we want to do this yeah initially we thought can we do this as pride but then we thought actually let's go bigger let's get the organization to sign it as the organization but we had to actually then have a look at our policies and say do our policies align with all of these statements and are we discriminating in any of our accounts because of gen- genetic markers and things like that so we had to actually have that discussion and but it was really it, it's been you know that's a significant thing for that community to say, mm. oh, here's a corporate standing with us. Yeah. Mm. So, bro, you know, being your most authentic self, your truest authentic self, and at a company that is championing the LGBTIQ plus community uh, within the workplace, you know, how does that feel? It feels really fantastic. I think, you know, like just that ability to take myself to work, be who I am, get on with my job without worrying about 
anything else without having to worry about, oh, does this person know I'm trans? Does this person know I'm queer? Is it going to be an issue in this meeting? Knowing that it's not. That doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean everyone in the organisation is perfect. You know, there's... Humanity is a diverse community. <laughs> there are people that have opinions about things that we may not agree with. Exactly. But the commitment to diversity from the organisation is such that it's very rare that you ever have to actually face that that issue. And if you do, you know the organisation's got your back. And because of the embarrassment of unemployment within the trans mm. community, I know we, we mentioned the, the, the uh, autism yeah. community, um, you know, the trans community being mm. four times, five times the unemployment rate of the, of the I guess, normalized community. Yeah. Um, being somebody who actually is like a 1% of a 1%. Yeah. Um, what are some of the advice you could give to other people who are job seeking, who are stressing about trying to find a job, who, who are like, am I ever going to be employed again in your experience? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think it's really, it's it's hard. It's hard. I know before I had the opportunity to go for the role at ANZ, I was asking exactly those questions. Am I ever going to work again? What can I do? You know, you'd go for a job and you wouldn't get an interview because probably they've looked at your references and they don't match or they've rung up a previous employee and they're like, who? Who are you talking about? I don't know that person. They never worked here. And, and so you have all those questions. But I think the most, I think the most important thing you can do is actually own who you are be who you are be confident in that because that actually goes a long way that actually goes a long way and what i thought before about organizations and how they are for inclusions particularly the bigger corporates was really wrong into reality to what they're really like and i think that uh and if they if the organization doesn't want you because you're trans mm. then you probably don't want to work there i completely agree Ro, it has been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you so much for um, coming and spending this time with me and just sharing a bit of your experience. Um, I'm looking forward to catching up again, Absolutely. coming down for coffee and yeah. just seeing everybody at ANZ sometime soon. Um, well, that's it. You have been listening to Transgender Point of View. Um, we'll be back shortly. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.